I'm Selena Sage, and Live Free is for our collective liberation. Namaste and welcome. The inspiration is here to explore this idea that was presented by Sri Nizargadatta Maharaj. And he said, the seeker is the sought. The seeker is the sought. And when I think about that wisdom, I immediately just feel this other wisdom sort of arise in the heart from other sages that I that I love and appreciate. It's a reminder to me that all of the mystical paths are intertwined because just as Srinazargadatta is saying, the seeker is the sought, Rumi so beautifully and poetically said, what you seek is seeking you. And because Rumi was a poet, this sounds very beautiful and fanciful and almost romantic. It's this feeling that arises, at least for me, this idea that if you're seeking love, love is also seeking you. If you're seeking peace, peace is also seeking you. But if we combine that with wisdom from Sri Nizargadatta, that the seeker is the sought, then you recognize that the love that you're seeking or the peace that you're seeking or the freedom that you're seeking is already what you are. And so this higher self, this higher nature of your own beingness is seeking you because you are it. And so it's an invitation to kind of rise from this world of personal ideas and problems and and thoughts to this Zen state of no mind, this peace and freedom that we so earnestly seek is already what we are. And indeed, Bodhidharma, who's known as the founder of Zen, he said so eloquently, to attain enlightenment without seeing your nature is impossible. And so he's pointing to the same idea that your nature is already freedom. It's already what you seek. So you cannot be free if you don't realize that, if you don't recognize that you are it. And furthermore, Bodhidharma quoted a sutra and said, people should realize that the Buddha nature is something they have always had. People should realize that the Buddha nature is something they have always had. So this is really an invitation to look within, to recognize that you are already what you're seeking. This Buddha nature, this this infinite state of peace and freedom is you. And pulling in one more master, because I just love Banke so much. It's another Zen master, Banke, who says, there's not a moment when you're not a Buddha. So again, this Buddha nature is inherently what you are. And Banke said, instead of trying to become a Buddha, then a much easier and shorter way is just to be a Buddha. So be a Buddha. This means to stay as that infinite presence, that state of no mind, this higher self that is free from thought. 
And in fact, Banke further says, the unborn Buddha mind deals freely and spontaneously with anything that presents itself to it. So if we imagine this vast open emptiness, this peace, this blissfulness, if something arises, then automatically the Buddha mind will take care of it. So it's like you're just dealing freely and spontaneously with anything that arises. If someone knocks at your door, you have the option, answer it or not. You're, you're handling it in that moment. You may not have known that someone was going to knock, but you just deal freely and spontaneously with that action or that situation, whatever is arising. But Banke cautions, he said, but if something should happen to make you change the Buddha mind into thought, then you run into trouble and lose that freedom. So essentially, if we recognize this Buddha mind, this Buddha nature as this infinite blissful state, this ultimate peace, but if we transform this Buddha mind into just thought, if we focus our attention on really that I think of it as like the noise of the mind, something that is, you know, causes us to start ruminating on ideas, then we get into trouble and we lose that freedom because all of a sudden we've taken something infinite and made it finite. And in the same way, if we turn that infinite Buddha mind into anger, suddenly the Buddha mind, which is infinitely um, able to transform into anything, that anger is turning the Buddha nature into a fighting spirit. And then if we change that Buddha mind into any kind of negative emotion, into just this endless stream of desires, then we've changed that Buddha mind, that Buddha nature into a hungry ghost. It's just chasing after things. But if we recognize and remember that we are what we are seeking, we are already the Buddha, that we are already free, then we sort of backtrack from all of that the thought, the desires, the anger, all of that, we return to our, our base nature, our true nature as the Buddha. We recognize that all of the layers of thought, the ideas, the identity, everything that we're holding on to is shifting this infinite Buddha nature into something finite something that can be experienced as suffering. And what I sought to do in my latest book, Finding Freedom Where You Are, is to kind of, um, I think in a way, take an engineer's approach to Zen, to break down these ideas into their smallest component parts. And with this wisdom, especially from the Zen masters, what I found the most important thing was um, to really understand the nature of thought. And so I'd like to share the first pointing in the book and the first perspective. And that pointing is 
Your mind is equal to your current thought. Your mind is equal to your current thought. And I promise you, if only this pointing is deeply understood, it's more than enough. It's enough. And the accompanying perspective is your current thought defines your present moment experience. For just a moment, try thinking two thoughts at the same time. Try thinking, I am happy and I am sad. You will probably find that at best, you can only switch back and forth between the thoughts. Evidence supporting each thought may also arise during that process, or you may shift your attention to an unrelated thought. Your body will reflect the thought that is getting your attention. The mind. The mind is not a physical thing like the brain. It is a formless collection of thoughts that can only be experienced one at a time. Therefore, at any moment in time, the mind is actually equal to the current thought. The thought that you are giving your attention to is defining your current experience. If there are no thoughts, there is peace. So that was a lot of information. (laughs) But to sort of break it down, getting back to this idea, your mind is equal to your current thought. We recognize that whatever thought or idea or image we're giving our attention to, and think of like, Think of attention like a laser beam. So this beam is shifting. And if it sees this idea that it finds attractive, it it suddenly beams all of its light and sort of narrows its focus into that one idea. It's logging in to that one idea instead of spreading its light broadly and not really focusing on anything. But once the the attention is given to this one idea or image. All of the focus goes there. And so whatever that thought is that is getting our attention, that is defining our present moment experience. And this is something that I invite you to just experiment with. So if you, if you try to force some thoughts, if you just think, I am sad then all of a sudden you might have all of these reasons that arise as to why you should be sad. Or you may reject the idea, but still it's getting your attention. It's getting your focus. Now, if we shift our attention to this, this thought, this idea, I am happy, then all of these maybe reasons to be thankful and happy start arising we give our attention to our gratitude for our our good health, our family, the food or beverage we're enjoying, the company we're with, the opportunities that we have in life, our recent experiences, all of these things can come up to give sort of this weight to this idea, I am happy. And all of a sudden, your current experience is a reflection of your attention to that one idea. And so what this passage is is attempting to break down is that you can only experience one thought at a time. 
even though it seems like you're thinking a hundred different things, they're actually happening in rapid sequence. So we recognize that what we're feeling in the body is actually a reflection of the thought that's getting our attention. The body is a reflection of the mind. So if you're feeling uneasy in your body, if you're feeling tension, if you're feeling any kind of stress response in the body, this is an illustration that it's likely a stressful thought that's getting our attention. And so we recognize that this this concept of mind is not about the brain or anything physical. It's just this collection of thoughts that is being experienced one at a time. And so if we think of the mind as only the current thought, because remember, thoughts can only be experienced one at a time. So if the mind is equal to the current thought, then we recognize that our attention to whatever that current thought is, is completely defining our current experience. But if we think about this more broadly, if we take that laser beam, our, our laser beam focus of attention, and sort of remove it from that one thought, just imagine that beam spreading out in infinite directions, unfocused on anything. If there's no focus on any thought, we're just recognizing that light as being, you know, infinitely expansive. And one way we can also do this is just to say to ourselves, I am, without adding anything after it. Just stay as the I am. The I am is this, this consciousness, this infinite spread of light in all directions, the light of our own beingness. And this is peace. Similarly, if we abide in the heart, if we shift our full attention, our full presence to our, our chakra, heart chakra, our lotus heart center, just visualize the green of that chakra. Stay as love. Reside in the heart and now feel the love within yourself beaming in all directions. Feel the love from all directions, inner and outer, returning back to you, filtering all through the heart chakra. Stay as that love. And you find that any thought dissolves in that love. This is bliss. In this way, there's no thought, and so there's just peace. And this can be accomplished by many ways, but I tend to gravitate to one of those three. <clears throat> Either remaining as the I am, so just saying I am, without adding anything to it, we feel the spaciousness and infinite nature of our true Buddha nature. Just say I am. And if we stay as the heart, shifting our full attention to that heart center, heart chakra, 
just stay as the love and feel the love emanating in all directions and from all directions, we find that again, there's just peace. And so we recognize that if we remain as this Buddha nature that we already are, our experience is peace. This is the truth of enlightenment is seeing our true nature, recognizing our true Buddha nature, to know that the seeker is the sought. That what you seek is seeking you because you are already it. So the seeker is the sought. You are the peace. You are the freedom that you're seeking. But this requires recognizing that we must remain as this infinite Buddha self to not turn our Buddha nature into thought or anger or desire, to remain as the infinite. And to trust and know that everything will naturally and spontaneously happen from this infinite openness, from this love, from this peace that we are. That whatever arises will deal spontaneously and effectively with, with it because the Buddha nature, the Buddha mind by its very nature is infinite. And so by remaining as the infinite, not shifting to the finite thought or idea, we are free. And of course, that is what I always wish for you. And I thank you so much for being here. Namaste.